is Vishen Paul Bunyan Country. Well, it's an honor today to talk with one of the Minnesota and National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famers, John Peterson, uh, founder of Northland Fishing Tackle, of course, and a longtime angler in this area. John, first of all, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, always enjoy uh, visiting with you, Kevin, and talking about fishing. And we will get into the fun part of fishing in a little while, but we first wanted to to discuss uh, a situation uh, going on with the Minnesota Hall of Fame. You are an inductee in the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame and also a board member. And, uh, you know, uh, I know there's a there's a GoFundMe campaign going on, and there's some, some concerns there. What's, what's happening with the hall? Well, the Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame, uh, the, the museum took over the Minnesota Hall of Fame here about, oh, seven years ago or so, and and uh, it's a nonprofit organization that's been in existence now for about, uh, oh, 20, 20 some years. And, uh, you know, it's, this thing has is, is, uh, been self-funded. Uh, there's no uh, state funding or everything that 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 runs the operation is really uh, comes from donations. Okay. And uh, and all of a sudden they decided, and the the museum and Hall of Fame, the location of it is uh, in right downtown Little Falls, uh, Minnesota, and it's on Highway 27 on the west side of of, of the city. And it's under construction this year, and it has eliminated all their walk-in traffic uh, the entire summer. The, the road construction started in early June, and it's not going to end until uh, late August. So it's a, it's a nice revenue stream that, uh, you know, the daily visitors that, that go to the Museum and Hall of Fame, you know, they generate. And all of a sudden, this is, uh, this is gone this year, so the revenue that that has run operations, you know, especially for those, you know, three, four months of the summer when in the tourist season is, uh, tourist season is high, is, uh, is virtually gone. So they're having trouble paying their bills. And because of that, they have went public and asking for support and donations to help, uh, you know, help them, help pay their bills and stay, yeah. stay in business, uh, so to speak. Right. Does this, in your estimation, is this a short-term problem that needs a short-term solution, or is this something that could be an issue ongoing? Yeah, they, it, it's really a, a short-term uh, solution and, and really a problem. And another thing is uh, they also depend on uh, on gaming for some of the revenue. And uh, some of the gaming issues, uh, the people that they used to work with, that we used to work with there, uh, they have changed hands over the past few months, and and the new owners are not into gaming, and so the the revenue coming from uh, the gaming has been reduced dramatically. And actually, the the museum has uh, you know been running a deficit here the last you know three months or so, but they're starting to get that back again. So that's starting to play in our favor, uh, and if, uh, once the road construction you know, gets completed, you know, that'll, uh, you know, bring more revenue in from the, the visitors on a daily basis as well. So we don't feel it's going to be a long-term uh, situation, but for right now they're, you know, they went public and asking for donations and, and support to, you know, keep, uh, you know, keep the bills paid. How's the response been to that? The response has been quite well. They've uh, they really wanted, uh, they really asked for, 
you know, like trying to raise like $35,000. And I believe to date they're pushing, uh, you know, fifteen dollars to $18,000 of donations have come in. So uh, it's starting to come in uh, lots of, uh, you know, $25, $50, $100 people are coming in and and, uh, we're hoping for, you know, a couple of uh, major contributors to to come forward, and I think they will in time because there's a lot of social media talk out there right now and a lot of people are 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 really getting behind it and and uh trying to make it happen so i believe that they will be able to raise the thirty five thousand dollars or whatever is needed here within the next uh 60 days or so okay great that's great news i know you've you're an inductee into that hall of fame as well as the national freshwater fishing hall of fame but not from that perspective, more the perspective of, of a guy who has made his living in the fishing industry. How important are things like that to the fishing lore? Well, it's, it's, it's extremely important. You know, the, the fishing heritage here in Minnesota is, uh, I mean, with our 10,000 lakes, and Minnesota ranks at uh, nearly the top in all, uh, all categories related to fishing. Uh, you know, it has a tremendous economic uh, impact to, you know, the revenue of this state. And tourism is uh, is is such a big factor, and and you talk about tourism and, and fishing is a big part of uh, people's summertime activities, and uh, so it's it's really really important, and also for you know the the heritage and to teach you know the next generations about you know uh, what's happened over time and and the history revolving around. Uh, the fishing back in in the day, how it all started, and and you know back in the back in the day, I mean we all we all fished for you know for gathering. We were gathering food for the table, mm-hmm. and, uh, and over time that has really changed to more sport fishing. It seems like nowadays uh, we all like a, a a good fish fry and a meal or two, but I think uh, a higher percentage of the people that fish today are really fishing for the fun of it and for the sport of it, a lot of catch and release going on. And uh, whereas back in the day, back in history, it was all it was all methods. They were netting them and spearing them and, and, uh, and you know, fishing, fishing hard. The whole family would go out, you know, to gather, you know, food for the, for the family. What do we see if we go to the Hall of Fame and the, and the uh, museum? What are some of the cool things we'll, we'll discover there? Oh, there's so many cool things to see over there. And if you, uh, you know, if you are uh, a fisherman, or your your uh, grandfather fished, or your father fished, or you know, it's just a fun to see some of the old uh, relic fishing lures and fishing poles and and the engines, the outboard engines that that uh, they they used. And uh, it's just you know, just looking back in in history, and uh, it's for us people that you know, ha- have the interest uh, in fishing, it is just, uh, I mean, I've, uh, I love going through the place. It brings back so many memories. Again, I'm, uh, you know, I did most of my fishing as a youth in the in the late 50s, early, uh, mid, mid-late mid 50s and 60s, went through all those transitions of all the, the technologies in, the, in, in fishing rods, going from steel rods to fiberglass to graphite rods to, uh, all the different compositions in the, the fishing rods today and the technologies and the fishing reels, the equipment, the electronics. It's just, uh, it's just endless. The fishing lines, the technology there. 
and it's really a, a really a learning curve for anybody that would go in uh, to the museum to you know see the evolution of all these different technologies and how fishing has changed over the years. I don't want to get too philosophical here, but it just seems to me when you think about uh, how much people really enjoy fishing, when you think about that, when you take a kid out fishing for the first time and how instinctively fun they have, and then you go back and you look at, I, I think that's some, I think fishing and the joy of fishing is something that's been put in the hearts of humanity almost from the beginning of time because some of the oldest artifacts you're going to find are fishing artifacts. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's uh it's uh, you know the heritage here in Minnesota is 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 unbelievable. Uh, you know as I as I study the statistics of of all the you know the states uh, in the U.S. here, uh, Minnesota ranks you know way way uh, in in the top three in every single category uh, because of we're so blessed to have you know the you know over ten thousand lakes here that have uh, that have fish in them. And uh, Minnesota is is is, is very, very blessed, and we are working on uh, the Fishing Museum Hall of Fame. We've been working on trying to construct a brand new fishing museum in the state here, and uh, we've come real close to making a couple a couple of of, uh, of deals with a couple different communities that have fallen through. But we're still working at that today, and and I uh, and we project that within the next five years that we're going to have a new fishing and hall of fame center here in the state of minnesota oh that that'll be very very exciting um tell me a little bit about how it runs i know there's a board and you're a part of it uh, how many people are on the board and and who else is involved yeah we have a we have a uh, I, I just become a member of the board of directors of the minnesota fishing museum and hall of fame over the past three years and there is a i think there's 13 of 13 board members right now and uh, they consist of a lot of uh, a lot of people from our fishing communities that uh, are stakeholders in our fishing industry, and they come from all walks of life. And there's just people that have a genuine interest in uh, in fishing, and uh, they you know they really they really are passionate about this museum and about the historic things that have happened through the years. And they want to pass it on to the next generations and, and next generations. So, and I wanted to get involved because fishing has been such a big part of my life, and it has been so good to me and my family. And and uh, uh, at my age right now, and I just feel good about giving back whatever I can to you know pass my knowledge and my interest and my my help on to the next uh, the next generation. Hall of Fame angler John Peterson, my guest today. Up next, we'll get his thoughts on the emergence of high school and college fishing. Some people say fishing is overrated. For the record, they are wrong. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Minnesota and National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Famer John Peterson, my guest today. And John, from your perspective, and certainly from mine, doing this show for the last well, 29 years now, I think one of the most exciting things happening is the elevation of fishing on the college and high school scene. 
and that it's becoming part of you know high school extracurricular activities. That is a wonderful thing. Oh, it's a wonderful thing, and it's it's, it's red hot right now, and and uh, we just uh, are. I'm also involved in another a nonprofit fishing organization called Minfish, and it's a, a new organization that a bunch of us fishing industry stakeholders started here uh, over the past year and a half to two years, and uh, we've already been uh, instrumental in getting uh, $200,000 out of, the, out of the state legislature for, you know, high, the high school fishing league. And that's something that's just come down here over the past uh, two or three months, so we're very, very uh, happy about that. And and uh, it, is, uh, it is a hot, it's a hot topic in in the schools, and mm-hmm. people like the outdoors and, and fishing. It is catching on throughout uh, not only Minnesota, but throughout the whole United States, kind of like the trap shooting has and a bunch of other, you know, uh, Sports that are evolving, you know, out of the, you know, out of the school systems. That uh, it's just so good to see because it just uh, promotes. Uh, and fishing is such a, such a, uh, a sport that you can enjoy the, your whole life. Yes. You know, times you're playing athletics and sports, and you know your body is only good for you know so many years, and and you can't do it anymore. One thing about fishing is just uh, you can do that uh, your entire life and share it with. Uh, with anybody and everybody at the same time. Well, I've asked your brother, Dwayne, and I've asked your nephew, Travis, this question. So I'm going to ask you this question. I've never got a straight answer from them. Which one do you like better, fishing or basketball? Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough <laughs> topic. You know, I have to go, I'd have to go with fishing, but my, I've, uh, I've always had a love for basketball. I just love sports in general, and not only basketball. is one of my favorites, but, I mean, I'm just uh, really a sports fan, and... Uh, mm-hmm. I love to follow all the, uh, you know, the sports team, local sports teams, the state sports teams, and and uh, love listening to you through the years. And you cover a lot of the events for us and uh, on the radio, and and uh, we see you at a lot of the a lot of the events as well. And oh yeah, and we can't thank you enough, and and uh, and your radio stations for everything you do for this community and and for for the great sports that we all enjoy so much. Well, thanks very much for the kind words. Appreciate that. Hey, as long as we have you on the line, we might as well talk a little fishing. Uh, how's it been out there? Well, fishing is uh, fishing is always good, Kevin. Some days <laughs> the catch not as good as the fishing, but uh, uh, but I, anyway, I you know I'm in retirement now. I've uh, I've been uh, fully retired now for about the last four years and really enjoying it. And now I can get up in the morning and do what I want to do instead of what I have to do. <laughs> Even though being in the fishing business my whole life, it was not hard getting up and getting after it because it was a uh, it was a very pleasurable business. I'm still involved with Northland Fish and Tackle, but I did uh, I did uh, give up. Uh, uh, I got partners now, I should say, mm-hmm. and uh, gave up my office about three years ago and. And now my main office is my my boats, but I do fish a lot. I fish a lot. I'm a, I, I like to fish the multi species. I'm a, I like I fish a lot of walleyes early in the year, and now I've, I've really been turning to bass fishing here the last few months again, and fished a couple tournaments already. And I'm going to fish a tournament with my brother up on Rainy Lake for smallmouth bass in a uh, in a another couple weeks. 
But uh, the fishing is always good. But, uh, you know, the water temperatures are really warm this year. They were uh, slow to start, but they have, they have heated up the water temperatures in all of our lakes right now, uh, especially the surface temp is up in the high 70s and even in the 80s. Wow. It's up on Rainy Lake here last weekend. I uh, had 81-degree water temperatures in some of the bays, 81 degrees, like a bathtub. That's, and, that's warm. Uh, and I'm seeing a, a bloom on a lot of our lakes right now. And uh, and we might have a you know a, a fish die off here this this year if content if the weather continues to stay as warm as it, as it has, as water temperatures are really are, are really high and it uh, sometimes it ends up trapping some of these uh, these these fish and they end up uh, coming to the surface and and uh, and dying off. We haven't had a, one of those years for quite a few years, but. It could happen. It could happen this year. But anyway, the fish are really, uh, you know, when you get hot weather like this, uh, a lot of them go to the weeds. Uh, the weeds provide cover from the sun, and a lot of the bait fish are in there. And if there's bait fish in there, the fish follow suit, and, and they use those weed beds to uh, to hide. Uh, you know, they use it for shade and concealment, and they uh, it's a place they can hide and and lash lash out at their uh, at their prey. And uh, so we spend a lot of a lot of our time, especially in in summer, once the weed growth gets up good, fishing in and around the weed beds. And you'll and, uh, find everything in there. Everything's in there. Yep, you got that right. And uh, again, the bait fish are there. If the bait fish are there, the fish are going to follow suit. And uh, and that's why the you know the walleyes are in there, the pike are in there, the muskies are in there, perch are in there, and I mean uh, the panfish are always in there, and the bass are always in, in and around the weeds. So for you anglers out there that are are uh, either struggling to catch fish or want to know where to, where to hang out, you just hang around those, uh, those thicker, heavier weed beds right in the middle of them or out on the edge of them. And, uh, and, and weeds are kind of hard, you know, to fish, you know, once, you know, they mature and, 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 uh, and thicken up. But if you use some... Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, even a, a vertical slip uh, slip bobber works good in the weeds if you don't have a lot of wind. And just uh, you know, weedless jigs or fishing on the edge, uh, spinner baits work good if you're fishing for bass and 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 pike. And uh, there's a lot of ways of catching them in the weeds, and uh, it's a good place to hang out. Yeah, you know, one of the cool things going back to the high school uh, and college. Uh, uh, fishing teams. One of the cool things about that it's it's introducing more people to the pleasures of bass angling. Something that I know you guys know about for a long time, but a lot of people just have ignored in Minnesota. Uh, but that is the the fish you should be fishing for right now, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, the, the it's uh, you know t- to me, you know, I used to be uh, you know pretty much a walleye fisherman when I grew up as a kid and early in life, and then I just as time has evolved, you know, I've they really enjoy the multi-species and and uh, and going after you know whatever uh, whatever active and, and biting and available, whether it be crappies or or bluegills or. But our our bass fishing here in the state of Minnesota is is some of the best in the whole nation, and uh, but because we have so many other species to fish, it's they're kind of forgotten about, and and it's really too bad because they're very very uh, sporty. And fun to fish, they're they're willing biters in a lot of cases, and uh, and we spend a lot of time, you know, fishing our our, our lakes around the Bemidji area here uh, for 
you know, largemouth bass and smallmouth bass. There's not a lot of smallmouth bass lakes in our area here. There's a few around, but uh, largemouth bass are uh, pretty much are in all of our lakes around here, and and uh, most of them, you know, are are in the shallow waters, the ten foot of water or less. Some lakes are uh, the bass fishing lakes that are panfish oriented, bass and panfish oriented. They'll get down in that, you know, twenty to twenty five foot depths as well. But uh, most of our lakes are. And the bass are caught in ten feet of water or less, in and around weeds. John, for for those who are listening, saying, "Well, I like to try bass fishing, but I don't I don't have the money to buy all kinds of new equipment." I don't think you really need that much new equipment, do you? No, you don't. It's uh, it's it's real real basic. You know, again, one thing about you know the bass fishing, the worms. You know, worms are are really popular this time of the year when the water gets warm and they're in the weeds. Uh, a, a Texas Texas rigged worm is very effective, and all it is is virtually a bullet sinker and a, a worm hook and a, and a plastic worm, a, a six, seven, eight inch plastic worm. And uh, if you have like 14 pound test, 17 pound test, and a medium heavy action rod, either spinning or bait casting, I mean, you can, you know, that's really all you need. Obviously, it's not all you need, but I mean, you can catch plenty of bass just on, on a, a you know, a, a worm, a Texas rigged worm. And, uh, there's, uh, spinner baits and there's top water and there's, uh, there's crank baits and there's so many different methods of catching them. And it's all about, uh, the lake you're fishing and figuring out what is the best technique, you know, to catch, to catch those fish. But, uh, if you're just out, want to have fun and, and just catch fish, I mean, you know, right now, instead of, you know, the walleyes, the walleyes are hard to catch right now. They are. They're, they're. Uh, it's warm water season. Is uh, you know they're they're active, but a lot of them are hanging out in the weeds, and you got to catch them early in the day or late in the day because there's so much boat traffic on a lot of our lakes right now with the jet skis and the pleasure boats out there. You know it it puts them to the bottom of the weeds and then deep water, and uh, they're they're not real active during the middle of the day when all the boat traffic is. Well, got to fish at night or early in the morning or late. Or late in the evening, but bass fishing—it just seems like you can uh, you can get those fish, you know, in closer to shore where the boaters are not, and you can catch them by wading off docks, and uh, they're just willing biters, and and that's why uh, you know bass fishing is so popular on a national basis too. They're they're willing biters, and and uh, you can always catch a few when you, when you get out there. And you got that big tournament coming up, as you noted, on Rainley Lake. Uh, one of two big ones up there. Um, that's a, I imagine that's going to take some uh, decent weights to win that tournament. Oh, yeah. It always takes, uh, we can only bring in five fish a day. It's a two-day tournament on the American side. And uh, we can fish on, on Rainy Lake on both sides, on the American side or the Canadian side. And it takes, uh, you got to have, you got to have a, a three-and-a-half-pound average to win to win sometimes over four pound average to win so uh those are big uh, those are big fish and you have to uh you have to know the lake and the techniques to catch the biggest fish not always the most fish but uh to target the biggest fish and uh and right now the biggest fish are normally the hardest ones to catch so <laughs> But uh, but I fish with my brother Dwayne. We have a great time with that, and and my other relatives, uh, Travis Peterson and Craig Peterson, they they team up together, and uh, we sure have a good time 
with that. We love Rainy Lake. We love those uh, the border waters up there, and uh, we look forward to another year. We ended up fifth last year, and we're we're uh, we're always competitive. But it uh, seems like we're always a few a few pounds light lighter than what we'd like to be. But that's the games we play, and and we sure enjoy the the competition and the camaraderie that uh, that surrounds those fishing tournaments and uh, just fishing in general. That's a, and that's a that tournament is loaded with good anglers. Oh yeah, no, these guys are a lot of the, the fishing guides from the area up there. We get a lot of uh, a lot of a, a lot of tournament fishermen fr- from throughout uh, the state of Minnesota, from the Twin Cities area, and all over. You know, these these anglers will will travel, uh, and they really like traveling to the uh, to the north during the hot part of the summer in July and August, and. A lot of those guys love fishing up in Lake of the Woods, Rainy Lake, and uh, even even up in our Bemidji area, we get an awful lot of uh, traffic from anglers from the south coming up here to fish fish our waters for muskies and bass and and uh, whatever they're whatever they're pursuing. John, before we wrap it up, let's uh, talk once more about the Hall of Fame. If somebody wants to contribute and help uh, help get through this shortfall, uh, what's the process for doing that? The best process to do is to go on the Minnesota Fishing Museum website. And I don't know the exact uh, uh, call-out letters here right now, but if you just uh, if you just type in, Google in, type in Minnesota Fishing Museum slash Hall of Fame, you'll go to the site, and once you get to the site, you will have uh, everything uh, on the site that uh, if you want to make a donation, uh, you, can, you can make it from the site. You can call. You can call it into the numbers there, and uh, and it's it's pretty much self-explanatory uh, on their website. So that's what I would recommend. And uh, to you, the listeners out there that are, and I, I know there's just uh, so many anglers that live in the Bemidji area that are very passionate about fishing and our fishing industry and the heritage of fishing here in Minnesota. And uh, if you have it in your your heart to to send them a few bucks uh, to help out during these troubling times for the uh, the fishing museum and hall of fame, it would be highly appreciated. And uh, and uh, us anglers would be very, very, very grateful. All right, we're talking with John Peterson. Uh, he is a freshwater hall of famer uh, nationally and in the state of Minnesota, and one of my favorite people from one of my favorite families, the P- Peterson family. Uh, great, great people. And, John, I really appreciate you taking time to chat with us today. It was a blast. Thank you very much. Well, good, Kevin. Thanks for calling me. Have a great day. Fish out, Bob Barn, yeah. Country, country.